Hi, I'm Dorothy Burton, your host for Governing God's Way, connecting the timeless principles of Scripture to the timely issues of our day for those who serve, lead, and govern. King Solomon, the wisest leader to have ever lived, left us with this truth. There is nothing new under the sun, and what has been will be. What was true for him and those who served, led, and governed in his day is just as true for those who serve, lead, and govern today. Timeless principles to help in times like these. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that is going to um, appeal to, let me put it like this. If you're eligible for AARP, (laughs) this is going to be very relevant to you. If you're not eligible for AARP, just hold on to it. Put it in your back pocket because you're going to need it. Today's topic is there is no such retirement from our work. There is no retirement from our work. I want to talk about um, two people today. One in the Bible and one who lived in the 1800s. You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 22, 6 to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they won't depart from it. Now, a lot of people get that confused. Train up a child in the way you go. What does that mean? That means is that God wired us before we were born. He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. So if he knew us, he knew the work that he had planned for us to do. So when we are born, we are born wired for our work. And our work is our calling. What God called us, planned us, and prepared us to do. Notice I didn't say what he purposed us to do. I used to teach that, but I have to apologize because, you know, we stu- I, I, I keep studying and studying and studying because teachers, that's what we do. We, we teach, we, we learn, we grow. And uh, I used to teach that too. But God purposed us all with the same purpose. And that is to bring glory to the kingdom, to bring glory to him. But he wired us and programmed us for our calling. And it is through our calling, i.e. our work, that we fulfill our purpose, which is to bring glory to him and to the kingdom. The challenge is finding that calling. And that's why in Proverbs, the writer tells us to train up a child from a child in the way they should go. Now, what does that mean? That means to watch your child, to pay attention to your child, because we all come here programmed for the work that God has wired us to do. That's our calling. Remember I said our calling glorifies God, which is the purpose of us all to bring him glory. That is all of our purpose. That's why we are here to represent the kingdom. And we do that through our work. Okay, so train up a child in the ways you go. That means to watch your child, pay attention to your child, because that child will tell you, will show you, what God wired him or her to do. 
if that child spend a lot of time, uh, let's go for for instance, I'll use Jessica for example. My daughter, she's probably going to be embarrassed when, when she hears this, but Jessica loved performing. Uh, you know, she loved speaking. She loved, Jessica, would, at the, it's funny, but if Jessica was in a play and if Jessica was in the back row, Jessica would make her way to the front to wave uh, to the audience. It was so funny, but that's what she did. She was very outspoken, very independent, and we watched and we just kind of guided her in that. And today she has a very, very rewarding life and, and career in her calling, what she was created to do. Your child will show you what they're created to do. If that child sits in front, don't berate that child if, if he or she has an, a keen interest in computers or, or, or video games. Don't think that they are wasting their time. Watch them. Because they may create the next multi-billion dollar company. The child will show you the way he or she should go. And as parents, it is our responsibility to guide that. Because when they are old, they won't depart from it, meaning they will still be working in that. And so are we, and that's how it's supposed to work. So today I want to talk about that, and I'm going to use two examples. Because we are never to retire from our work. We can retire from our job. We can get fired from a job. But when we are done working a job, we are not done with our work. And if we chose our job in accordance to our calling, even when we are no longer on that job, we will still be doing our work. Have you ever seen people... I'll use for an example, retired, I say retired police officers or, or retired firemen or retired uh, business people. A lot of them, when they retire from their job, they continue that work as volunteer firemen or security guard work or something along that line because it's their work. It is a travesty to retire from a job and go sit down. It is a travesty to retire from a job and then just travel around the world the rest of the, the rest of your life doing nothing, absolutely nothing for nobody but you. We can never retire from our work. In the book of Joshua, I'm going to use Caleb for an example. And then I'm going to use a man from the 1800s, an engineer, to Bring this point home, and then I'm going to be done. I hope by the time I'm done, I will encourage you, especially if you're 60, 65, if you're retired and going into 2023. You know, I read somewhere that on the average, if people retire, when people retire from their, from their job, if they do absolutely nothing, the average lifespan is five years. Five to seven years, and they're dead because they have nothing to do. If you're a teacher and that is what you have been called and wired to do, you never stop teaching. You may retire from teaching, but your work goes on until you no longer go on. The only time we are to retire from our work is when our work is done. And you said, what's the word say? It says, work. While it is day, 
For nighttime comes, Jesus tells this, for nighttime comes when no man or woman can work. You know when nighttime is? The grave when we're dead. Work while it is day. Work while you still have life. Because night is sure to come when no man or woman can work. Okay? Notice he didn't say job. He said work. So in the book of Joshua, Joshua 14, this is Caleb talking to Joshua. Now they are in the promised land. It's been 40 long years and for another 40 years and Moses is long gone. Joshua has led them into the promised land. And Moses has sent out 12 spies. They went over, you know the story, they said they came back and 10 of them said, Mm-mm, we cannot take that land. It's giants over there. The cities are fortified and the people are huge. And we look, we're like grasshoppers in there. Now the people never saw them because they were hiding and they were looking at the giants and big people passed by. They never saw them. But in their own eyes, they said, we were grasshoppers. We were like grasshoppers in their eyes. So they gave a bad report, 10 of them. But two of them, Caleb and Joshua, didn't. They said, hey, if God is for us and if he's with us, we can take that land as he has promised to us. So those two were the only ones that gave the good report. The other 10 said, mm, we can't do it. It's, you know, it's a giant city square. So the people believed them. But God promised Caleb land. He promised him that. So fast forward to 45 years later, and this is Caleb talking to Joshua. Now, both of them are up in age. Joshua, it won't be long before Joshua is is off the scene, and he's divvying out the land to the tribes. So Caleb is talking to him in Joshua 14, 8, and he said, nevertheless, my brethren, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt with fear. Those were the other 10 he's talking about. He said, but I followed the Lord, my God, fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord, my God, fully. Now behold, this is, this is Caleb telling the story. So Caleb is saying, so now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, Caleb said, behold, I am 85 years old today. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, he's talking to Joshua. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day. And he went on and reminded him what the Lord said. That was 45 years ago. Joshua knew because Joshua was there. And so Joshua, sure enough, gave Caleb the land that God had promised him 45 years prior. Caleb never gave up on that promise. And neither should you. We come here with a promise. We come here wired with a promise, with the purpose 
of glorifying God. And he has given us the gifts and the talents and the skills to do the work that he has programmed, wired us to do. Now, if your parents didn't pay attention to you or you didn't pay attention to your parents and you just went off on your own and did whatever you wanted to do, like me, I was a foster kid, okay? So it's like all I wanted to do was grow up and leave. But, and it took me a minute. It took me a while. It took me a while. I didn't know I'd be doing this. I didn't know I'd be good at this. I didn't even know I would like doing this. I went to seminary at 50 years old. I had had one, two, three careers, elected official, all that. I was drawn to seminary. Why was I drawn to seminary? Because God had wired that in me before I got here, before I came here. And the same with you. So I have found my calling, and this is part of it. And 2023, if the Lord so let me live, uh, he has shown me some, some great and mighty things to do with his work. And I'm sure he has shown you too. Either you haven't paid attention or you just missed it. I'm here to help you today that if you've missed it, to get back on track. And especially if you AARP <laughs> eligible and you're ready to retire and think you're going to sit down. I hope you don't. I hope you don't. That'd be the biggest mistake you can make. We were never made to retire from our work. And when I'm done here today, I hope you will understand that. Even from Caleb's life. Caleb said, I'm 85 years old. God promised me this 45 years ago. For some of you, God showed you something 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and you've been working at it and working at it, and it still hasn't come to pass. Let me tell you one thing. If God said it, he will bring it to pass. If you don't quit on him thinking that it's time for you to retire. Retire from your job, but not from your work. We can't do that until God retires us to the grave in the 1800s. And I'm going to end with this story. In the 1800s, there was a man, an engineer by the name of Ernest Milanowski. Now, Ernest Milanowski was one of the most renowned engineers of his generation. In the mid-1800s, the government of Peru wanted to build this railway, but they wanted to build it through and over the Andes Mountains. Now, if you've ever seen or, or been or know of the Andes Mountains, do you know how high the Andes Mountains are, how rough the terrain is? It, it's just a big, tough, rough mountain. And especially talking about building a railway back in the 1800s, but the government and the railroad wanted to build a, a railroad through or over the Andes Mountains. So they brought in all of these engineers. They brought in young engineers. They brought in engineers that were at the top of their game, engineers. And every one of those engineers that looked at that mountain and looked at what the government and the railway wanted to do, each one of them said, ain't no way in the world you're going to ever be able to build a railway over through the Andes Mountains because the terrain is too rough. The ridges are too high. And you would have to tunnel and build and tunnel and build. And in the 1800s, they didn't have all the hydraulic equipment and stuff that we do today. So the 
top engineers that the railway and the government brought in, all of them said, it's no way this can be done. But there was an engineer by the name of Ernest, and I hope I pronounced it, I read so Ernest Melanowski. And he went and looked at the project. He had heard about the project, and they were bringing in engineers. And so he went and looked at it, and without fail, every engineer before him had said, it's no way that it could be done. Just the sheer magnitude of the project was overwhelming and impossible. But Ernest, however, went, and he looked, and he looked, and he said, uh, I beg to differ. He said, I'm certain a railway can be built over and through the Andes. Not only that, he said, I'm the man that can do it. Not only that, I have a team that I can put together and that we can do this work. Now, Ernest is saying all this, although he was highly regarded in his field, he was at the top of his game too. But by this time, he was like 60, almost 60 years old. And this project was so daunting that it would take years to complete this project. Yet, that was his work. That was his calling. He did not doubt at all that he could lead that project and get it done. So he began. He had his doubters. People talked about him. People came and looked and talked about him. People doubted him. But you know what he didn't do? He never doubted himself. And he kept working the work. And he kept working the work. Day in, day out, day in, day out. Setback after setback. He kept working the work. It wasn't a job to him. It was work. He said, I can do this. I've been wired to do this. Working. Day in, day out. Inclement weather. People taunting him. Kept at it. He and his team. It took, <laughs> it took eight long years to complete the project. But guess what? He completed the project. Eight years. Eight years he completed it. You can go look it up. It's the uh, Calolima and Arroyo Railway. That thing soared at the time he built it. That thing soared in the air over the Andes Mountains, 15,000 feet above sea level. Now, keep in mind, this is 1800s. They have all this equipment and hydraulics and all this kind of stuff, but he knew that he could do it. He knew that that was his work, and he knew his work, even though he was near 60 years old. By the time he completed it, he was 68. He was near 70. But it was completed 15,000 feet above sea level with over 60 tunnels. Now get this, with over 60 tunnels through the Andes Mountains, what those engineers, the young ones, the sharp ones, the ones top of their game, the ones that said it could not be done, 
you cannot build these tunnels through the Andes Mountains, and you certainly can't build a railway over the Andes Mountains. Ernest said, I can do this. That was eight years ago. 15,000 feet above sea level, 60 tunnels through the Andes Mountains, and it today is still considered one of the greatest engineering feats ever accomplished, ever, even today. It's a marvel. I'm going to end it with this. What is the work that God has given you to do? It's not too late. If you're 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, Ernest was 60. It took him eight years, 68 years old. He was still going strong. Caleb, God promised that land to him 45 years prior. He, was, he said, I'm 85 years old today, and I'm still as strong as I was back then. You know why? Because what God promised you, he's going to bring it to pass, and he's not going to let you die before he do it. He's not going to let you get sick before you do it. He's not going to let you fail before you do it. He may make you help you make you fail a time or two to get you back on the way that you should go, but we're almost at the end of the year. Coming up on 2023, God brought you through and me through a pandemic for two and a half years. Do you honestly believe that God brought you through that pandemic when he didn't millions of others for you to sit down, get your retirement benefits and go look out the window? Really? Really? He didn't work while it is day because night comes when no man should work. And guess what we're going to be judged by? We're going to be judged by the work we did while it was day. Without excuse. Oh God, I retired and I was 65 and the retirement age was 65 and 75. It may have been on that job. You can retire from your job. You can get fired from your job, but you can never get fired from your work. And you can never retire from your work because your work is given to you by God before you even get here. It is. So ask God today, what, are you, what were you called to do? What were you wired to do? What is your interest? What are you good at? What is it that you would do that would get you up out of the bed every day? Even if it means starting over or starting from where you are. That's what I did. I, feel, I, I mean, I got degrees and all that, but I didn't plan to go to seminary at 50 years old. I didn't. I ain't trying to preach. I mean, you know, I say something, I ain't no preacher. I'm not. Even when I went to seminary, I go, could I be no preacher here? Ain't no pastor, ain't no prophetess. I'm not none of that. I'm doing, though, what God would have me to do, and that's teach you and teach his principles the way he gives it to me. I get it. I didn't know I had this gift, but I can read the scriptures in the context and the text that God intended, that it was intended to be because of my seminary training. I read it, but when it comes out in my head, and out of my mouth, it comes out in just plain speak. Because it's how God wired me. I read it a different way. But when it comes out, it comes out like, like this. I ain't trying to be no professor or nothing like that, man. I'm even no professor. But I tell you what, I, this I can do. Because I was wired to do it. So I just want to encourage you. Age is chronological. It is chronological for time. Because time is temporary. We are not temporary beings, although we are having a temporary experience on earth. We will live somewhere forever. 
And if we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're going to be home. We're going to live in heaven with him. We're going to be with him. And even there, there's going to be work to do. You know that, right? There's work to do. You're going to be floating around all day. Work. Work, work, work. Work. To do. To do. So I just want to encourage you. Don't decide that you're too old. Or that you don't have the resources. Or that, you know, I just don't have enough time left. How do you know? How do you know? And what are you doing with the time that you do have? That's the challenge. That's what I'm going to leave you with that challenge. What are you going to do with the time that you do have? Work. The work that God called you to do and wired you to do. Because that's what we're going to be judged by. That is what we are going to be judged by. Let me put it like this. It's not the years in our life that count, but the life in our years. And just because your years at your job may have come to an end, as long as you have life, your work goes on. I'm going to leave you with this quote from Samuel Oban. He said this. He said, you are as young as your self-confidence, as old as your fears, as young as your hope, as old as your despair. And the only way we fall into despair is if we fall away from our work. Don't do it. Work the work that God sent you here to do. And at the end of the day, you will be rewarded for that work. And this is living life God's way. Thank you for listening. Governing God's way is the practical application of kingdom principles to inspire transformative change within ourselves and within our spheres of influence is how Jesus did it, is how we strive to do it. Because good governance begins with self-governance because God always begins from within. Grab a copy of my book from Amazon.com, Why We Fall, The Power of Self-Awareness. The book every leader and aspiring leader should read to help you avoid sabotaging your own success. To learn more about Sips, Inc., and how you can support our work, please visit our website at cipsinc.org.